0: The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. It is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome everybody to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland, and uh, I. This is a special show. I'm really excited for this show. Uh, I've got Jess Paquette joining me. Um, I the reason I feel like this is a monumental show is for one. Uh, me and my wife do, you know, do a lot of things raising our daughters to make sure that they understand that they're just as good as any man. They can do anything a boy could. We don't, you know, if they want the pink toy, that's fine. They can have the pink toy, but we're not just going to give them pink things. We're going to let them be their, you know, be their own person and make sure that that they know that they're, they're smart, capable children who hopefully grow into smart, capable women. And. Jess, being a smart, capable woman, has managed to pull down the full-time track announcer job at Parks. Jess, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you have you on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a whirlwind couple of weeks.
0: I, I bet. So you, are you settled in, getting acclimated?
1: So I'm commuting back and forth. My home's in Massachusetts, so I'm just a little bit of a road warrior right now. I typically fly down to Philly on Sunday night and fly home on Wednesday night after the races
0: yeah, it's it's good to get out of town before any Eagles games happen, uh, which is my understanding of uh, of Philadelphia. So, uh, I mean, so you're you're enjoying uh, work, working at Parks so far. I mean, you've had you get like kind of the spotlight in the in the early week, it seems because not many other tracks are running. It's like, you know, it's like Jess pocket. TBG is the Jess Pocket channel,
1: you know, for for both good and bad. it has you know, it's been it's been great. The team at Parks has been so welcoming and so supportive. The horsemen have been wonderful, and I'm excited. The more I get to spend down there, to get to know everyone a little bit more.
0: You know, it's I. What's interesting about you getting the the announcer job? I, I did a little bit of research, and by that I mean I read a article that someone wrote uh, about you from <laughs> the the uh, Thoroughbred Daily News. Um, I was unaware that this is the first time that a woman has held the track announcer, full time track announcer job at a track in over 60 years. That's it's been yeah
1: it's... And Angela Herman um, was at Golden Gate for about, I think, five weeks, six weeks or so. And I think she did a great job. But it has been, the interesting thing is when I was growing up, this never occurred to me that this was a job for women. Um, There was no representation. And I think that, you know, when you're a little kid growing up, you want to see people that look like you doing a job. So it just never, it never occurred to me. Well, most of my peers grew up wanting to be track announcers. It didn't, it didn't seem like that was on the table for me. That wasn't even something I considered.
0: Right. And I mean, it sounds like you kind of got your first taste of it just being thrust into it whenever the, uh, the announcer at Suffolk Downs was, was MIA and, uh, you are just, you stepped up, you said, Hey, I, I'll, I'll talk into a microphone and, and called the races. And you know, what was that just an absolutely nerve wracking moment whenever you got into it? There was
1: it? no prep. For that, like that was, I mean, there was a literal tornado that went through East Boston and Revere. So it was just full on chaos. Um, There was yeah. no prep. I kind of, I literally had to break into the booth to get the first race done. And, you know, it was the biggest adrenaline rush of my life. I'm not really a big thrill seeker or a big mm-hmm. adrenaline junkie. I don't jump out of planes, but I imagine this is what it was like, what that's like. Hey.
0: Just the fact that I mean, calling a race—it it is, if you think about it, as simple as just telling people what's happening, what's going sure, on. Sure, that's
1: what it's supposed to be. It is as simple as that. You just in your brain, you overcomplicate all of it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when Todd Pletcher's rolling out horses named like Mefradifa and things like that, it, it makes it it makes it a little bit more difficult. You get a you know a few tongue twisters. So I was interested in, in you know kind of some comparisons to what you're doing compared to just other remarkable jobs more women have been to space than have been to full-time track announcers. And it's not even close. It's <laughs> set. It's 75 to two at this point. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that to me, like that's,
1: that's alarming more than anything, to be honest, but you know, here when, we go.
0: When you compare things to people being shot into space, like it really, it, it takes it up a notch. It takes it, it up just a notch. Put it into part.
1: context, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, Really quick question before we hit our first ad break. You've done quarter horse, you know, race calls. You've done thoroughbred race calls. I would think quarter horse race calls are more difficult, right?
1: So in some ways they're easier because you don't have the pressure to get through the entire field. And there's not really a lot that can change. I mean, you get them out of the gate and it's over. Um, And you catch anyone coming from off the pace. So you need to be, your eye needs to be sharp, Whereas in calling a the Arbred race, you're really telling more of a story. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm still really developing. How I do that is with pacing and with cadence is how the race unfolds. Um, especially the long races, I mean, you have a little, you have kind of just enough time to hang yourself a little bit
0: right. and,
1: and you, you want to tell a story so that if someone's just listening, not watching, they have an idea of what's unfolding and you no, know, I'm trying.
0: Right. Right. Well, we are going to take a quick break here at the Notorious O.T.B. When we come back, I've got all sorts of of questions, and uh, I'm going to try to show off my race calling chops to to Jess, and I'm going to let her tell me uh, how I did. So we'll be right back with more Notorious O.T.B. brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with the WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older, and present in the state, where play-through WinBet is available. If you are someone you know has gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Notorious O.T.V. brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's mine. I'm going to my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. And once again, we've got Jess Paquette with us. Jess recently named the full-time track announcer at Parks in the Philadelphia area. And man, I got so many questions. Let's jump into it. First, what kind of prep work do you put into calling a race?
1: There's a lot, Um, there's a lot. And I feel like I can always be doing more and I'm still learning what works for me as well. The beautiful thing is I have a lot of friends who are announcers, so I've been picking their brain about how they prep, how they memorize and trying to like find the things that work for me and try something and if it doesn't work, try something else. Um, So what I do is I color my notes, Um, I color the the silks, typically as soon as I have um, the final program, uh, I like to be as prepared as possible. Like I'm just an anxious sort of person Mm-hmm. Though, you know, I color the silks and then they have, they will inevitably change when the horses come out in the wrong silks or in different silks than they were listed in the program, which will give me the vapors, but you kind of roll with it. So I, I color the silks to start and then the morning of the races, um, just kind of to like get myself in a headspace. This is, I know this is silly, but mm-hmm. when I'm blow drying my hair, I like start memorizing the names for the first race just to kind of like put myself in the, in the zone for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, then I get to the track, I watch training. Uh that to me just always makes me centered and I it's my favorite part of the racetrack. Right. And then the day gets started and just hard memorization, then quickly and rapidly forget it and move on to the next one.
0: You know, I, a a few years ago, my mom wanted to go to Oakland for her birthday and I'd gotten to know uh Jen Hoyt at at Oakland through playing in the oh, capping tournaments. And so I was like, Hey, I'm coming to the track for my mom's birthday. Can we maybe arrange it to where we go up to the booth to watch uh Vic Stoffer call a race? And I remember, like, that was the, the thing that surprised, like, that I, I don't think that people who haven't done it before don't realize is how important, like, memorizing the silks and everything is, because it's not like you're really, like, looking at the chicklets on the screen or anything, no, and plus, the, no. the chicklets lie.
1: You, I worked for Trackus. I know the chicklets lie, Yeah. And, <laughs> but you're calling through binoculars, and you can't rely on saddle towels, because the horses are going to be covered up in various places, and that is, you know, that is something I'm still, in my brain, still relying on saddle towels in certain instances and i kind of need to make that shift a little bit too and it's trying to cram all that stuff in
0: my my what one of my favorite parts of watching european racing is the fact that all the saddle are the same color and mm-hmm. uh i have to try to go by the silks and so i've gotten to where i cheer for star belly Sneeches and for uh footlocker employees who are just kind of dressed like a referee with the black sure. and white silks those, those are to be the easiest ones to pick out you know when my- you get to
1: my favorite thing. I and I used to hate this. I used to find this to be just a little tacky, um, like neon, like yellow nylon bridles or like red nylon bridles. I I hate them. I love them now. A bright yellow bridle, you will see heaven. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite things.
0: Because you can see that head pop out, you know, out in front with that bridle in it. That's okay.
1: That makes yeah. sense.
0: That's like uh if I were an NFL player and I wanted to make sure people know I got my catches like I would have like the brightest like neon yes. green gloves possible so they can know I got my my hands under the ball
1: oh neon uh, green green blinkers too those are oh, love yeah.
0: them love them yeah to pair it up with a tasteful racing sock god that's just a that is a ensemble that just slays quite honestly so, <laughs> so let let's let's talk growing pains because you know we we've gotta gotta have some not the series of course we're talking talking uh you know the profession um you know what you're doing isn't easy they're they're bound to be growing pains have you had a moment yet where in like the heat of a race call you've strung together a sequence of words that you really just wish you that you hadn't
1: oh there have been a couple of races that like the second they ended i'm like i've hated myself desperately um where i've lost my train of thought i haven't been able to identify the right horse i've struggled i called the wrong horse making a big move from off the pace in one of them like Everyone who, you know, I feel like if you do this enough, everyone has these moments or when you're starting out, everyone has them and I'm doing them in a very public way. Uh, I'm making a lot of green mistakes and it's hard, but yes, yes, there are some races like, and it feels different when you do a serviceable job or a good job. And like, when, you know, you did a really kind of, you know, you go through it, but it wasn't good. Right. You can feel the difference. And there are plenty that I'd like, I try, I hit my mic off and I go, oh, like, why are you like that? Like, oh.
0: I would think like every single day when you go home and you haven't gone viral for something that you've said during a race call is like, a, that's a successful day. Like you, you, yeah, you know,
1: there's, been more, there's still been more than enough on Twitter to make like any, any mistake I make, you know, has certainly been amplified um, um, okay. I, I, you know, in case I'm not aware of it. The internet it makes sure I am aware of every error I have made.
0: I, I, I'm going to get on my soapbox here. And I've done this uh, previously when I've had people like uh, Sarah serial Bodway and I liked, I, I find it important to bring in, uh, great female handicapping minds to do my show with me. Sarah L. Broadway, Ren Carruthers, Jess Paquette. Uh, and it, it's all the same as, uh, Twitter is a cesspool and, you know, you get uh, a lot of undue shit basically for, for, you know, being a woman in the industry. And to that, I say to my fellow males, stop, just stop.
1: Some of it, some of it is dessert. Like some of it, you know, the, their, their point is not wrong. Like I've made some mistakes. They are not, they are not wrong. And if I, you know, if I was, Calling a perfect race every time, they'd have a lot less to they right. have a lot less to say for sure, but it's still you know I've called eight cards so right. far. Right. It's when it's, it,
0: it's when it creeps into the the personal slash disgusting where I'm just like why why are you here like why oh, do you, you mean exist the, person, as a person?
1: the person that email, that sent me a DM asking if I'd like to see compelling yet tasteful nudes like that because <laughs> <Is> that's. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Would you like to see Jess like, would you like to see some artful boudoir shots? Mm,
1: uh, I didn't acknowledge, uh, but the answer was yeah. going to be no.
0: Yeah. That's uh man. Uh, that's just a, <laughs> a, just a quality quality opportunity to catfish someone and embarrass them publicly. But uh, you, you, I don't you know, you're not,
1: false. I will not. do Yeah. It.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you have a catchphrase phrase yet? Do you have a trade something trademark? Because if you don't, I'm willing to help you workshop one.
1: There are two um, little things like I think it's important to ever for everyone to remember where you came from and to mm-hmm. take that with you wherever you go. And I'm really grateful that I spent kind of all of my years in New England and was a part of New England racing. So once the horses are all on the gate, I say, and now they're all in, which is mm-hmm. my little nod to Big Jim Hannon, who was the voice of New England racing. And like he was a larger than life personality in every way. So that's my little nod to Big Jim. And then. I've gotten 50, 50 reviews on whether people find this charming or not, but I really like it. So it's, it's going to stay in mm-hmm. some of the root races. Um, as they go down the backstretch, I say they're going through the Ben Salem backstretch, which to me is a little TDism. ism uh, TD Thornton was one of the major voices of Suffolk Downs. When I was there, mm-hmm. he officiated my wedding. He is one of the great mentors of my life. Yeah. And I feel like that would have been something TD would say to me. It just said, it feels like TD. It sounds like TD. And that's my little, like,
0: it's it matters to yeah. me nice yeah that's it's always good to to put a little bit of flair and i also put a little bit of local flair to it because you know people think uh parks in the philadelphia area you're calling out the actual town that they're in and honestly you doing that that all that makes me think of the Vic stoffer call for the last race ever at hollywood park if you've sure. ever seen that where he's you know we're in the backstretch going by the stables that used to house you know so and so yeah you know great great call that and the earthquake call where uh, what was it uh i would uh if if I die today, I'd like everyone to know that horse racing was my first love. Uh, he worked that in uh, somewhere, I believe. But uh, you know, uh, I I mean, we could get. I'm not sure how. Yeah, I mean, can you work in? Uh, it's Ma- Matthew Desantis uh, has clued me in on uncertain, you know, bits of like Philly speak. I mean, I feel like you could work in like wood or ice" in there somewhere, maybe. Well, maybe or, yeah, like
1: I, I'm still I, I'm not a Wawa convert yet either, but we'll we'll see as I get. Yeah, I do like gritty, so I'm I'm halfway there.
0: Yeah, chasing him down the back stretch like he stole his hoagie from Wawa, you know, just that sort of thing. All right. Yeah. I'm spinning I mean, out gold here. Really I don't need know to why you're like focus notes. on
1: just the basics until I start getting really, really fun. But give me, a, you know, give me a few months and then maybe I'll make you laugh.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, Or, I mean, you could go super, you, you could harken back to your own, you know, kind of Suffolk roots and be like, you know, he checked out of the gates like, or, you know, ch- had to check like he was hit by Cam Neely of the Boston Bruins or something okay. like that. Or, yeah. Sure yeah i uh that's the extent of my boston bruins knowledge quite honestly uh do you do you have a, like a an all-time favorite track announcer i mean a lot of people are are big fans of you know tom durkin like before the breeders cup like if i ever feel like i'm not really into the breeders cup i will listen to tom durkin's greatest breeders cup call this is the greatest comeback in
1: so I mean, of course, Tom Durkin, right? Like he's the he's the greatest of our of our lifetime. But for me, personal favorites, I mean, Jason Beam is my is my man. Like, yeah. Um, and, you know, and and Jason's voice also brings me back to summers at Colonial and some you know really fun times. But this, you know it's it's there have been so many announcers they've been great friends and great parts of my life like larry colman L- larry Colmus was also a great part of my time at suffolk and him and td it's kind of a one-in-one one a is the voice of suffolk downs to me and there there are a couple of you know larry calls that really stick in my mind from suffolk too
0: you know with with larry colmas i i think the deal the thing that makes larry Coleman so compelling is that his voice is like i don't know uh, melted chocolate dripping on gold just really you know he's got a very he's got a great quality to his voice Whereas it's like Durkin just was just so quick on his feet and could you know was was able to just perform like verbal gymnastics to to get like the these incredible calls out yeah that's uh you know, everyone loves Dirkie, but a big shout out to to Jason Beam. There you go. I feel like you uh, should get a beamy this year. Like, a, I you know, you know
1: I, there have been, I don't believe I've never gotten a beamy. That in all the years there were beamies and Jason, and I've been such close friends for so long, it's a, it's a point right. of contention with me.
0: I I mean, I don't really know the man, but I feel like I should get a beamy every year, also. So you know, we're we're right there, right there with that. Um, you know, everyone wants to be just the very best in their field. They they. Do you or sure, you don't want, want to be the worst? You did. That's it. Yeah, it's nice to be in the meaty part of the bell, you know, the bell curve. That's for sure. But uh, do you, do you ever want to to uh, take a crack at a Triple Crown race at a at a Breeders' Cup race someday? Do you want to be that person? I
1: want to call the fourth race from parks, uh, you know, really well. I then then we'll think about some bigger things. It's going to be uh, an honor beyond my wildest dreams uh to get to call the Pennsylvania Derby and the Cotillion two grade ones in September, which is just you know, mind blowing when I think about it, but I have a ways to go to get there. And luckily we race every, you know, every week forever, pretty much. So Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, I can practice and practice and practice. Yeah.
0: That's, that's the great thing about where you are is, you know, like I said, you you have the early part of the week, you have all these races that pretty much, you know, perks pretty much never stops running you know you have time where there's focus on you but you can really kind of you know hone your craft and and be able to to get get the reps in i think that's the important thing i mean i i really i really think uh you know repetition is the key and i mean hell i do you ever do do you, do you review game tape do you ever listen back to your oh calls yeah year?
1: like in the, and fill myself with self-loathing and ask for advice and ask for criticisms and feedback and did i do anything well and you know what do i need to work on kind of, and it's, you can't fix everything at once, right? It's like, you have to take, you know, focus on one thing each week or each day. The other thing is, I, I do know that I understand that parks is a very big signal to be taking my first reps on for someone as inexperienced as I am. It's a, it's a huge opportunity that I don't mm-hmm. take lightly, but this is sort of the issue with so many small tracks closing. Is it, there's less and less of a chance for someone to break in or try something new.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So I had a great question. For, for Oh, so yeah. All right. Talking about reviewing game tape. Uh, I had Sarah L. Bodway from uh, HRN on a couple weeks ago. We were talking about how, uh, you know, like I, I review games. T- I, I like to listen to my podcast immediately afterwards to make sure there are things that I don't need to take to social media to, you know, to apologize for immediately right. afterwards. And also just, you know, you want to, you want to get better at what you do and you, you pick up on phrases that you say all the time that make you hate verbal crutches yeah, mine is starting sentences with uh, positive open communication skills, like I'm in therapy with starting sentences with, I feel like, and then going on through it. And I now I can't, once I've identified it, I can't stop hearing it. And I feel like I want to stick a pencil in my ear every time. that Oh, sure. It. Yeah, no, I
1: have a couple of those too, that they're every time I hear myself say them 17 times in a call, I go, why are you like this? Do better. What, Be
0: better. What, what are you, if you don't mind sharing, what are your crutches? What do you, what do you have?
1: Um, oh, currently, cause it, this seems to change like daily and weekly as I evolve, because again, I'm so relatively new at this, um, this past week, I just kept saying to the outside, like to, I said to the outside, like 37 times in one, in, in one race where I could have said like the two path or the three path or anything, literally anything else. So these are things that going into the next time I'm back in the booth, that will be in my mind to like make a different mistake. Don't make that one.
0: And you, you know, you could always, if you feel like you've got like a verbal crutch, I feel like you could maybe uh, get out ahead of it and make uh, bingo cards of your of your oh, verbal crutches. I don't want to
1: for, give anyone any more ammo. Like um, they don't need we don't need bingo cards on Twitter just yet. Not yet. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> I I go straight for the self deprecating.
1: Ideas. Let's not give anyone ideas. Okay, that's a good call. We can make a whole drinking game out of it, but like let's let's wait a little bit.
0: Yeah, let's not let's not do anything uh, gifable or bingo cartable <laughs> at, at this uh, juncture. So as you may or may not know, Jess, I, I've dabbled in, in calling some races. Uh, you know, I've done live streams for like ABR where we don't have the rights to to stream the races. So we're handicapping the race. And then someone instead of just watching me like lean and try to put like body English on what my horse is doing and grunting a lot. Like they're like, hey, Chase, why don't you call the race? And so I've done a few. I've done a few. Uh, I, I thought it would be fun if I call a race, just I've pulled up a race on YouTube, which mm-hmm. ab- admittedly, I mean, this is kind of like training wheels because it's a race that I've seen before. I know what's going to happen. Right. I know who's in yeah, it. That is a little,
1: little, I wish I knew that.
0: But I'm gonna let you tell me uh what I'm doing wrong. And I want you to just be brutally honest. I've done this with uh Ren Carruthers um critiquing me naming my NFT horses before. Okay. Like uh how the how the horse, you know, what I've come up with. Um so let's go ahead, let's bring it up. I went with the Breeders' Cup Classic from this year. It's an iconic call. Oh, I'm going to have that's to
1: do- an easy one.
0: Oh, I mean. Yeah, like I said, training wheels. I got to try to try to get it going. But all right, here, here we go. I'm going to press play. We're going to take a crack at it. Well, I think they fire pretty much It'll straight from the gate.
1: Try 14 two-year-old fillies in the rain. I will not.
0: I will not do that. <laughs> um, so here we go. I'm going to start. I'm going to go ahead and give the... All right. And they, they are all in line. And we are ready for the Breeders' Cup 2022. And they are life is good as is like debt collectors are chasing him. And Flightline, right next to him, like stole his Kenny Chesney CD. We have Epicenter, I think, moving into the rail with uh, Olympiad, probably, uh, hanging out behind them. What? Okay. Uh, and off they go into the two-path. It is a hot pace early. They hit the first turn, and life is good. Not making any concessions here, telling Flightline, if he's going to win, he's Got to be a stretched out pair. It was hot order, which I cannot see because of the traffic that is on the YouTube feed that I'm watching right now. So they hit the back stretch. Once again, life is good. Eight to one. In the lead. Flight line. A juicy two to five sitting behind him. And then just a peloton, an amorphous blob of horses, all sitting behind. Life is good. And flight line as they throw down on the front end. It was a first half. I don't remember the quarter, the time, by memory. It was and wrong again, anyway. Friggin' YouTube graphics covering it up. But, yeah, whatever. So, life is good. Still running. How does he have it in him? Is Flightline cooked? Is this the end of Flightline? Who knows? Here we go. We're hitting the turn. And now, Flight starts to range up. Flammy Pratt sitting still as a statue, those hands have not moved yet he starts creeping up next to life is good he's starting to pull even through the field literally inconsequential at this point they hit the stretch they lock eyes and my lord flight line is separated he's separated separated from day west he's out by two links three links it looks like a police chase where crown vix are chasing a lamborghini flight is is and minor awards and stuff. How'd I do?
1: I mean, if you ask the internet, you did Be better honest. than I've done. If, if you ask Twitter, I'm sure Twitter would tell you that you did better than I have done in some of my attempts at parks. So, you know, I think you did. I think you gave it a good shot.
0: Yeah, I had the, uh, first of all, I, I had the benefit of uh, Kanye West having his meltdown uh, post uh, Breeders' Cup, Ooh. whereas Larry Coleman wasn't, you know, able to have that in his uh, in his in his arsenal at the time. Uh, but you know,
1: eh, i
0: like he stole his Kenny Chesney CD. You like that? I we mean, that was good, right? I'll give you that. Yeah?
1: Like, you know, you definitely made me chuckle at various points.
0: And so, I and I, think I probably, probably got, got a lot of mechanics. What What'd you say?
1: I think part of it is like you know, announcers should be entertaining. Once you get the once you get the fundamentals and the basics down, like I, I do, think part of our role is to be as entertaining as we can be.
0: I think what I need you you need to you know, as you're as you're getting your fundamentals and your 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 you know toolbox of of race calling tricks together, you need to make like a you remember the Tom Umansky uh, baseball fundamentals uh, commercials that like you know uh, it, it they'd show them in the mid '90s, but they were still clearly shot in like 1982 of like kids doing baseball drills. Like I need I need that like and if you can get Fred McGriff of the Atlanta Braves to uh endorse it also. Uh that that would be perfect. I'd be will
1: put that on my list of things to do.
0: Yeah, I would I would send a money order to you to to for you to mail me those VHS tapes. <laughs> Man. So I this is the uh you know, you've mentioned how busy you are and this is always my favorite uh question to to ask people ending in interviews. Um when does Jess Pocket get time to stop and smell the roses?
1: Um, you know, I'm not that good at that, but that was something I learned at Suffolk. I would often, when I was younger, I would get so focused doing that. I would never take a moment to step back and go, wow, this is really cool. Um, I get to work in this sport that I love with a bunch of people that I really love and respect. And, uh, I took me a long time to figure out, like to take a moment and go, oh man, this is, this is really cool. Right. Um, after I called my first stakes race. At parks uh, Thanksgiving week, I like was happy enough with the call too. Thank God, they God that um, right. the stakes races have gone well. um Rep, it was Repo Rocks that won. A little Virginia connection with him too, which was cool. Right. Um, and I, I took a second, and went, "Oh, that was that was really special. That was very cool."
0: You know, I, now I'm starting starting to wonder. So you, you know, we have sometimes you see horses win, and the the response for people is they knew. Now that you're the track announcer, are you they?
1: I might be vague. Um, there there's certainly you know the view up in the booth is different than what I've gotten in the paddock and mm-hmm. it is changing in some ways the way I think about handicapping races. Um, just getting a sense of how certain jockeys warm up their horses and get to see and pay attention to the warm up in a way that I maybe haven't always. Yep. It's been an interesting handicapping angle. I mean starting kind of once I get back from Tucson and I'm back at parks, you know, regularly, I'll be handicapping in between the races too and I think that'll be an interesting thing to be able to add to it
0: I, I feel like my my issue with if i were doing the same thing would be i'm so you know i'm so used to watching horse racing via like a, a live track feed and everything where basically someone with a camera and a switchboard or they're telling me where to look and where to focus yeah. i mean I, you got to think that there's some sort of like okay this is what i this is what i want to watch this is what i want to see and learn kind of learning it and folding it into your routine uh do you have a vocal routine do you have any like any like vocal warm-ups
1: not yet um I mean, but I do sing in my car a lot, really badly, really, right. really badly.
0: What are you? What are you singing? Oh,
1: Let's hear it. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! I will never sing on camera. Ga- oh my god! I will do many embarrassing. No, no,
0: no. In- oh no, I- no. Just you can give me titles. No, I. I... <laughs> uh,
1: the new-ish Augustana album is really great. I am a closet Taylor Swift fan, and I'm sorry. I really love the new album. Um, I've been listening to that probably an embarrassing amount.
0: There's nothing embarrassing about loving T Swift. I'll I'll tell That's you that right,
1: right yeah, now. I'm sh- I'm shameless in it. I really do. But the new Augustana album is great. Um, I've, yeah, I've been really into that. Some old Bayside is the Juliana Theory is my go-to. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. I I see. I see. This is I'm I'm spreading out my horizons here. I've I've had my my hip hop you know fan friends. Last episode, I had someone who's you know, East Bay, California, punk rock. Now, now I'm getting, oh, cool, you know, cool. s- spreading my bases out, spreading my bases. I mean, hey, I'll, I'll even dabble in jazz. Are you aware of the music known as jazz? <laughs> I love it. Jess, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you so much for, for what you're doing, for being brave enough to take that leap. Like I said, I want my, I would like for my daughters to grow up to be horse racing fans. And I feel like they're going to be much more interested in it when they, you know, they see female faces doing things of, of consequence and they hear female voices out there, you know doing some of the most important jobs for bettors for gamblers for horse racing fans like it's very cool that you're doing this and i you know i hear you friend and i would gotta say that i am just over the moon for you just incredibly Great. proud of what you're doing and uh just keep killing it and fucking just delete Twitter, just get rid of it. I
1: might have to. Thank you. Uh, You know, if I can make the path a little easier for the next woman, that's really, you want to leave the sport a little bit better than it was when you got there and make it better for the generation behind you. So that's what I'm hoping I'm able to do. Yeah. So
0: tune in to breeders cup 2024 when Jess Paquette is making the race call and they put white Randy Moss out there riding the horse. Like he's Donna brothers. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's gonna do it here for us on the Notorious OTB. This has been great. Thank you so much for joining. We will catch you next time. And next time, it is Oakland week. We're talking of of my moniker of Oakland. Yes.
1: Yeah happy, yeah. happy almost opening day. I can't think of Oakland without thinking of you.
0: The the sun always shines on Oakland Park. Except for when it doesn't, and it's uh, snowing a lot or uh, raining, just pissing rain in January like it it tends to do. So we'll get all up into Oakland. We've got our Bankroll Builder Wednesday show. We're going to do a horizontal sequence for the weekend. We will catch you next time. We're out.